we'll start in verse 12. Genesis chapter 26 and verse 12. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes, uh, I appreciate that. I, I usually don't. I don't usually think about that. But if sure. Hello to the live folks. Um, my daughter, by the way, I didn't mention my daughter's over in the, I guess, with the kids. So we have a Belarusian daughter, as you saw in the video, Karina. And on her 20th birthday, our daughter, Catherine, was born. And she was a miracle from the Lord. And we appreciate God's uh, just help and blessing in that. And of course, uh, yeah, there's so much that could be shared that we, we, for time's sake, you wouldn't be able to. But God knows, and we're thankful for his help, blessing, and intervention. Chapter 26, verse 12, Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year an hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great, went forward, and grew until he became very great. For he had possession of flocks, possession of herds, great store of servants, and the Philistines envied him. For all the wells which his, father, his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. And Abimelech, that is the, the king in Gerar, said unto Isaac, Go from us, for thou art much mightier than we. And Isaac departed thence, pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar, and dwelt there. And Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham, and he called them, he called their names after the names by which his father had, had, had called them. A lot of different sermon themes that you could men uh, mention here. But we'll continue. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. And the herdmen of Gerard did strive with Isaac's herdmen saying, The water is ours. And he called the name of the well Esek, because they strove with him. And they digged another well and strove for that also. And he called the name of it Sitna, or as some say, Accusation. And he, re he removed from thence and digged another well. And for that they strove not, and he called the name of it Rehoboth. 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 And he said, for now the Lord hath made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And he went up from thence to Beersheba. Father, I pray now that you bless the, the reading and the preaching of your word. I pray that you would speak to our hearts, minister to us. I pray for every need. And I pray that you would encourage us, Lord, to constantly move from one to the next, but always going forward with you. And I pray that we'd take the example of Isaac. Bless us now tonight, these thoughts. Minister our hearts, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Uh, we all have heard messages, uh, probably a lot of messages, about uh, Abraham, father of faith, right? Friend of God. And uh, maybe we've uh, talked a lot about Jacob and his 12 sons, right? So we have the patriarchs. Uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I think the, the one that we least hear about is Isaac. We see Isaac here as a man who digs wells. There's something really interesting in the land of Israel about water. 
When I was in Israel in June of uh, 2009, for a couple of weeks, in the south part of the land especially, you notice that, you know, you notice you can't help but notice how dry it is. And everywhere you look, as you look through plantations, gardens, whatever, they have these, these hoses that go through and they, they drip water. They have holes where the plants are. And they literally, you know, with, I mean, we're used to having lots of water. I don't know how you folks are in South Dakota, but Belarus is quite wet. I mean, we have plenty of water. We never, we have never experienced a real drought. But uh, to have water is really a big deal. And to own a well was to possess a fortune. To be in possession of the well was to give your children, your family, your descendants after you a great blessing. A well of water speaks of peace, speaks of peace, knowing that you'll survive in a dry land, knowing that you're prepared and that your basic needs are covered. It gives it, the well of water speaks of the promise of daily satisfaction. Water is a good thing. H2O is necessary for life, right? Fulfillment and blessings, and of course, for future generations. You remember the story of the Samaritan woman. When the Lord was talking to her in John chapter 4, she said, this well was digged by who? She said, this is Jacob's well. Now, I don't know how many generations ago that was, but it was definitely, in my understanding, about maybe about 1,500 no, maybe a little bit more, about 2,000, 1,900 or so. And so you have years and years and years ago, someone had dug a well and had left it for future generations. Now Isaac here, as we read, he, he dug a lot of wells in his lifetime. And I know we read the Bible like as if it's, okay, one went to the other and it's like five minutes later, ten minutes later. You know, this happened and then this happened. There could have been many years time between each of these digging of wells. And so we see at the end, we haven't read it yet, but there's a fifth time where Isaac dug another well. And the Bible says in verse 26, then Abimelech went to him from Gerar and Ahazah, one of his friends, and Phicol, the, the chief captain of his army, and Isaac said unto them, Wherefore come ye to me? seeing you hate me and have sent me away from you. And they said, we saw certainly that the Lord was with thee. And we said, let there now be an oath betwixt us, even betwixt us and thee, and let us make a covenant with thee that thou wilt, not, uh, that thou wilt do us no hurt as we have not touched thee. And we have done unto thee nothing but good. I, I think they're stretching it here a little bit. you know. <laughs> nothing but good. We've done nothing but good for you. And have sent thee away in peace. Thou art now the blessed of the Lord. And he made them a feast, and they did eat and drink. They rose up betimes in the morning, and swear one to another. And Isaac sent them away, and they departed from him in peace. Came to pass on the same day. You know, sometimes the Lord, finally after a lot of conflict, and a lot of arguments, and a lot of strife, a lot of accusations, God finally brought him to a wide place, a prosperous place. And then not only did he do that, he sent his former enemies to come and make peace with him. 
Sometimes God can, does that. He, he brings people back to a, a place of peace, a place of agreement, a place where they covenant with each other and they say, hey, you know, let's forget the past and let's just, you know, have, a, have an agreement that we will do each other no harm. And in that very day, God blessed Jacob with another well. And we see here that Isaac's servant, I'm sorry, blessed Isaac with another well. His servants came and told him concerning the well which they had digged and said unto him, We have found water. And he called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Beersheba unto this day. Now, here we have Isaac digging many different wells. And, you know, we could talk about the meaning of those different wells and how God even tests us through relationships with other people. You see how God brings you through one thing and then you do it through another thing. But I want to take some lessons tonight from these different events in, Jacob, uh, in Isaac's life and apply them to us. First of all, we see the trial of his faith. Isaac sought to open up sources of blessing for other people. For himself, of course, but also for other people. Unfortunately, these wells that he dug didn't yield contentment because they were quickly contested. You know, he, find, he went and did the work and somebody else showed up and said, that's ours. <laughs> you know, have you ever read? You know, I, I remember years ago, I don't remember if you... I used to read these Reader's Digests back in the 80s, you know, where the, some treasure hunter, you know, down in the, in the bottom of the ocean, he found a ship full of gold, and, you know, he raised all that stuff up to the top. And then some government says, that's ours. Uh, you know, and I thought, this is so unfair. He did all the work, he did all the research to find it, to get it. And then somebody said, well, actually, that's ours. Now, true, that is possible, and they do do that, because technically, in you know, going back hundreds of years, these Spanish galleons and whatever, they belonged maybe to Spain or some other country, and they still lay claim to those things. But you know how we say this word in Russian, it's so abidna. Abidna means it's so offensive. It's so rotten. Here he did all the work. He's redigging wells. He's trying to make blessings for others and himself. And then they come. And, you know, can you imagine the severe trial that Isaac went through, maybe in his spirit, to spend so much labor and then let other people claim the water? So we see here the trial of his faith. But we have to remember that he is a man sojourning in a foreign country. He wasn't in his own homeland yet. Look back at verse number, verse number 2 of chapter 26, the same chapter. If you will go back to chapter, uh, chapter 26, verse 2. So we saw, first of all, the trial of Isaac's faith. Secondly, here we have the trust of Isaac's faithfulness. Look at uh, verse number 2. And the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, Go not down into Egypt. That's what his father had done. Remember, he had made a serious mistake, I think. 
dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of, sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee and will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries or nations, the, the Gentile nations in Palestine, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father, and I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and give, will give unto thy seed all these countries, or all these nations. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And we know that in Galatians 3, seed in the, when it says that in thee all nations will be blessed, specifically seed as in one seed, Christ. Of course, we understand that. But here what I'd like to underline is that Isaac knew that God had promised the land to him, to his descendants, but he didn't make it happen. He let God work in his own time. Sometimes we push things through because we feel, well, God, you know, God put this on my heart. Now, there's a time for us to really push, and we should push. But there's also a time when we say, God promised, but it doesn't mean that it has to be in my time. We remember the, the, the story of Moses, when at 40 years old plus, he, he decided, he rejected to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, and he decided to be named with the children of Israel and to suffer with them. But he didn't realize yet he was pushing things through on his own. You remember? He finally, he was so angry at this Egyptian, he took him and killed him. And then because of the wrath of the king, he went out to the, the backside of the desert and 40 years later, God said, I'm ready to use you. God's timing is very, very important. And I see in this chapter that Isaac didn't resist the evil. Now, there's a time and a place to resist evil. But he knew God had promised, but he also knew that God would have it happen in his time. So he is trusting God to allow God to take him further in his faithfulness to God, and he sees God being faithful to him. And then thirdly, we see the triumph of his faith in that the Lord seemingly, the Lord compensated him I mean, the, God just brought him to a wide place, a prosperous place, a joyful place, an abundant place. God has said to him this, that he and his descendants will take the land. He said, I will bless thee. He had promised that he would provide for him. God knows when, where, and what room we need. What we need, what what we personally need, amen? And we as a church, we as a ministry, and there have been many times where we've struggled. We've seen our church go, different churches that we've worked with. I mean, it just seems like it would go down to almost nothing, and you wonder, are we making any headway whatsoever? And you just say, God, do you, do you still want us here? But as long as God brought you there, and God hasn't led you away from there, then you stay and you be faithful to God and you allow God in His time 
to bring the results. We do believe that one water, one sows, one waters, but God does give the increase. Amen. God promised his provision. He gave his promise, I will bless thee. The blessing of the meek was on Isaac. Others could take his wells, but they couldn't take the blessing of God from him. You know what's a great, great example to me? Is that when he was driven from one place to another place, he didn't go hide in a corner and say, woe is me. He didn't have some martyr syndrome that, you know, okay, well, everything's shot. You know, I've tried how many times? I mean, I've tried and tried and tried. It's not worth trying again. You know, what a blessing that this is a man who went from one place and then he dug another well. You know, and I just, I always thought, okay, if God moves me again, I don't want to clam up. I don't want to say, well, they didn't treat me right in the past, and I can't let go of that. No, no, no. We have to be able to let go because we're not really the center of this thing. God is. It's the Lord's. The Lord's work. The Lord's direction. The Lord's timing. And then when we get moved to another place, when God moves us from one stage of life to another stage of life, that we would always be digging more wells. Maybe not literally. I have actually... How many of you have ever dug an actual well? I actually have. But brother, you have. And uh, I've, I've helped dig two major wells in Belarus. And uh, one of them's on my property. But, uh, so I know what it is to have a well. But figuratively speaking, that we would always be seeking to make a place of blessing place of ministry for other people. That we wouldn't just close up. And so, of course, we see then God's power in that He caused Isaac's unfriendly neighbors to come and make peace with Him. You know, we see here the trial of His faith. We see the trust, just the simple trust in His faithfulness to God. And then we see the triumph of His faith and maybe lastly, we could just talk about the toughness of faithful men. Isaac is a man who to the end of his life sought to be a, make a place of blessing to others. There's a certain toughness. Now, it's not meant to be this cold, hard, militant toughness. We are in ministry. We are to minister with the right heart, the right love, the right spirit. How important it is that we not just, we not deal with people as a number, but deal with them as a soul, as people having needs. Amen? And when you, you know, you have your NBT or whatever you have, as you work with kids and young people, that you minister because you want God to work in their lives. Not just to you know, not have just, okay, you yourself are blessed, right? We're blessed because we're in ministry. It's a blessing. And all of us as Christians, if we are Christians, we are in ministry of some sort. Uh, a Christian is a, you're a Christian full-time whether or not you're in full-time Christian service. Amen? And so we see here the toughness of Isaac, his perseverance, his grit, his endurance, 
but still constantly having a right heart. He didn't seek revenge on his former enemies. He instead, he wanted to have peace with them. He blessed them, sent them away. Blessed them, sent them away. Listen, sometimes God allows us to go through things in our lives, and God has allowed us to go through things where there is this long-term in the past, some kind of animosity. Even with other people, you think they're Christians, and they think maybe they think the same of us. But then God brings us back together. And when that happens, I had this happen this week. That's why it's on my heart. That God, when you see this person again, you have nothing but love and joy in your heart at seeing them. What a blessing. What a blessing. You don't have this. You don't have this. You, you want to get back at them or something. You have God do a work in your heart. And the Spirit ministers to you. And you know, there's a lot of ways we could go to finish this, but I'd like to finish for, in two minutes. 83, Psalm 83. Psalm 83, we could go to Isaiah, but we won't. Isaiah 12, 3, I'll just mention it. The wells of salvation. It's a continuous Artesian spring in the, well, in the Christian life. Listen, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, it's a constant spring. Church, hearing preaching, hearing, you know, I don't know, um, good messages, good teaching, and we're fed, we're ministered to by the Word of God. Psalm 83 and verses... 6 through 8. Psalm 83, verses 6 through 8. Uh, I apologize. Psalm 84, verses 6 through 8. Maybe we should start with verse 5. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them, who passing through the, way, the valley of Baca. Baca means tears. My understanding, I'm not some Hebrew scholar. But they make it a well. The rain also fills the pools. Isaac was like this. Passing through a valley in his life. Instead of just passing through and then later saying, woe is me, man, I have a horrible, horrible experience. No, while he was in the valley, he made a well. Amen? And he made a place of blessing. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. In the valley of tears, the blessed man leaves sources of blessing for those who come after him. Do you remember how reverently John the Baptist spoke of Christ? And how many times he said, he that cometh after me. He was constantly thinking about he who cometh after me. You know, all of us have submitted that's coming after us. Amen? Someone who's coming after us. Maybe not like Christ. He's ahead of us. He's above us. He's our Lord and Savior. But there are those who are coming after us. And how we should be mindful to leave blessing for them. A house and riches are the inheritance of fathers. And I don't remember the rest of the verse, but it's it's talking about how the righteous man has so much that he gives to his children. Amen? You're very blessed. <laughs>